now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome back to another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to have you hang with us tonight. I think we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. You know, just turn that football game down a little bit, as you have seen for the past few weeks. It really doesn't start going until the second half. So uh, tune Rod and Reel Radio up, and I think we're going to make it worth your while. Let me let you know who some of the guests are going to be with us tonight. First out of the gate, we're going to have Miss Lynn Sadler. She is the Deputy Director for the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways. You know, we've been talking about this department here for the past few weeks especially when it comes to the improvements at the Shelter Island uh, uh, boat launch. So uh, let's, we want to find out a little bit more about the department, what it does, what it's supposed to be doing, uh, and how it funds projects and other things that it does throughout the state of California. So Lynn Sadler will be with us uh, out of the gate. And then at 6 o'clock, we will have Pat McDonald, and all, as all you know, Pat McDonald is editor of Western Outdoor News, but also he is the director of the 2016 Western Outdoor News Yamaha Los Cabos Tuna Jackpot. We're going to talk a little bit about the tuna jackpot and how it was this year, how it went, and then also what that also does for local charities down in the Cabo San Lucas area. So going to have a great show tonight. But before we get going, let me introduce to you the hosts of Rod and Real Radio. First of all, Stan Vandenberg is just stepping off the boat from a 13-day trip on the Indy. He almost immediately got off, and then he is flying to Texas to be with his family for the uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So Stan won't be with us tonight. But also with us is actually the person that runs the show. She's going to take the reins and run with it tonight. She is a great sportsman in her own right. She is national sales manager for Iserline and represents many other fine companies in the fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Nice to hear your voice. It is great hearing from you. I know you've been involved with a number of other projects for the past week. It's great for you to be with us tonight. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I've been doing all of that and then some and plus work, and then I've been deer hunting. I was unsuccessful this season, but uh, oh well, next season. All right. Hey, we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit later on, Wendy, but I am really excited to get to our first guest. 
Uh, this person is a deputy director for the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways. It's Miss Lynn Sadler. And Lynn, let me welcome you to Rod and Reel Radio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, thank you for being with us. Hey, we're we're having a little rain down here in Southern California, which is something we don't see often. And you were telling me that uh, we're getting a little, you're getting a little rain up in your area. We certainly are. I think we could qualify as soggy by now. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good because we certainly need a lot more in it. As we realize here in Southern California, most of the water that we get fr- uh, down here actually comes from Northern California. That's right. We like to send you about 60% of it. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> hey, Lynn, you know, we have talked a lot about in the past few weeks about the uh, – uh, the Department of uh, Boating and Waterways, and I, I invited you to come on to educate us a little bit more about what this department does. So just to start off, can you give us a little history uh, uh, about the department and actually what the mission statement of the department is? I sure can, and I'm happy to do so. Uh, the It's actually a division of Boating and Waterways now that we are merged with the Department of Parks. And we've been around in various forms for about 60 years. Uh, Our responsibility is improving and, I would say, safeguarding the boating experience for everyone. And so we have programs that relate to formerly uh, organized yacht owners, meet-up paddleboarders, anglers, whitewater rafters, backcountry kayakers, intertubers, and we also serve a vast number of children that have never even dipped their toe in our waterways. But we believe that everyone has benefited when everyone has a safe relationship with our waterways. So we um, focus on all of those different constituencies. Well, you know, uh, uh, since the Department of Boating and Waterways has changed and has, is now under the, uh, Depart- the Parks Department, how how has the functioning of the uh, uh, the department changed uh, during in that interim? Much of what has changed, I think, is not directly visible to the public. Um, we now have access to a much larger department with m- many more resources. As you know, Parks has uh, many facilities throughout the state, and the relationships that the parks directors have created over the years is now available to us to work with them and just amplify all the work that we've been doing for years. So we're improving our business systems, and um, I think that what people will see is all of our excellent programs just being that much better, and we will have a chance to expand them to some areas where, at the moment, perhaps people are underserved. Are there other departments in uh, the state of California that you interact with and though you're not involved with law enforcement or you're not involved uh, necessarily when it comes to the management of uh, uh, fish and game resources, uh, you must have some interaction though with other departments within the state to kind of form policies uh, in tandem. We actually do. We work with several state agencies. I think the other day we were counting and we're at 15 right now. But we work with, I would say, hundreds throughout the entire state. 
and we are definitely involved with law enforcement. We provide $375 million to support waterway law enforcement. We do that with training. Uh, we have, I believe it's 16 courses that we offer. We also provide equipment, and in some cases we uh, provide personnel to make sure that law enforcement um, is adequately staffed and resourced throughout the state. We also work with a lot of sheriff's departments on the removal of abandoned vessels. I was talking to someone the other day oh. who had just stubbed their toe, and we were figuring when you do that, you're walking at three miles an hour, and you know how bad that hurts. So imagine <laughs> you're driving a boat at, say, 20 miles an hour. When you hit a submerged object, it's um, pretty devastating, and uh, we take our obligation very seriously to help keep our waterways clear and uh, available for navigation. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that, and even in past uh, uh, advertisements that the department has had, I know on radio spots, they've actually gone to fishermen that have been involved in incidents where they have uh, uh, hit submerged items and been thrown out of the boats and mm -hmm. uh, if it wasn't for wearing their uh, uh, personal flotation devices or anything like that would have been in a lot dire straits than they were so uh, a lot of people don't know and Wendy I know you know this too that when you're traveling even at uh, 20 miles an hour on a body of water and you stop suddenly there is certainly a lot of momentum that uh, uh, you know actually forces people forward Oh yeah, and you know, even if even if you're just on your trolling motor and you have 109 pounds of thrust, you're leaning one way and not expecting the bow of the boat to swing right, and you're on you're kind of leaning left. You're going over. <laughs> you know, it, it tell us a little bit about the budget that you have, if you will, uh, and where it is. Uh, you know how it's split up, and then also, if you will. Uh, you know, where does the, this funding come from? It doesn't magically appear out of somewhere. <laughs> well, that's correct. So the boater portion of the gas tax, vessel, excuse me, vessel registration, and various fees are what make up the Harbors and Watercraft Revolving Fund. And we also get funding from the federal government for some of our education programs. And so we give out about $50 million per year, and about half of that is uh, focused on facilities. And those facilities can be in the form of a loan uh, to a local government to build a marina. They, it could be a private loan. And the interest on those loans is also a source of revenue for us. About 10% of our revenue comes from um, loan interest. So um, with those, those facilities can include a marina, a boat launch, a pump-out station. Um, we also have worked on water trails for uh, different agencies, um, and those funds can also, that is also where the funds come for uh, the law enforcement support that I was talking about a minute ago. And then one of the other things that we do is just 
straight-out education, talking to people directly through the media or through our volunteer programs one-on-one to educate people how to vote safely and environmentally. And we also work in the Delta of California to um, help control aquatic invasive species. And then we work around the state for prevention of quagga and zebra mussel. Well, so a lot of uh, things get done with that money. We're, we, are, we don't own anything and we don't build anything. We are all partnerships. And so we work with you and um, government agencies to improve the boating experience, but it's all about partnerships to make that happen. Well, uh, I introduced you as the Deputy Director of the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterworks, but as being the Deputy Director, you are uh, uh, under the control of the, I believe it is, the California State Parks Department. Uh, who, who is your immediate superior, and how do you uh, interact with the California uh, State Parks Department? So we are a division of state parks, and state parks is in a transformation process right now to look at exactly how um, both Boating and Waterways and um, Off-Highway Vehicles Division will interact with parks. But my immediate supervisor is the Director of State Parks, Lisa Mongat. She reports to the Secretary of the Resources Agency, and, of course, that reports to the Governor. So um, we uh, work with, as we said earlier, a number of state agencies like Fish and Wildlife, Department of Water Resources, um, Department of Agriculture, because of our work with uh, aquatic invasive species. We work with pesticide control. And um, there's several others that just at this moment are not coming to me. But we also work with dozens of of, uh, local and federal agencies as well, like the Bureau of Reclamation, USDA. We even work with NASA, who is providing us with um, satellite mapping of um, the delta to help us see where uh, aquatic invasive species are occurring and helping us fight them. So we work um, with a number of agencies, and as I said, it's it's just one, it's all partnership. So um, if we come up against a barrier or an opportunity, we look around to see who else is working on it, and then we uh, ask if there's a way that we can be helpful. And uh, so far, so good, I think. Uh, Deputy Director, I, I'm going to imagine then that your job encompasses more than just pushing a pencil or sitting behind a computer <laughs> screen uh, eight hours out of the day. You probably uh, get the opportunity to go out in the field and look at a lot of these proposed projects or see where there are uh, different problems or where we are educating uh, the general public on boating safety or on water conservation or water quality, uh, I'm going to imagine you get a chance to get out in the field a little bit. I certainly do. And one of the things we haven't spoken of yet is this division has a commission that advises the division, and that is called the Boating and Waterways Commission. And um, those commissioners, by law, are required to do site visits uh, of 
various projects that they are uh, that the division is considering. So, uh, for example, uh, the the commission would have been down to visit the Shelter Island launch ramp. Uh, I believe the meeting before I came on board, and they they uh, are required to visit the site, look at it, talk to the local folks, and consider all of the aspects of it. It's viability, the need, um, even sometimes we look at the design to make sure it's a design that, that will work and will last. And I am one of the lucky people that now get to um, accompany the commission for those particular site visits. We, I also will be touring in the lower central valley of California to look at some of the areas that right now don't have the many assets that you have, for example, in San Diego, where um, it would be miles and miles before you might find a place that you could safely uh, tie up and um, uh, take off the river or get on the river. And so I'll be doing that um, in the next few weeks, looking down between Fresno and Stockton along the San Joaquin especially to see if there's a way that the division can be helpful. I'm also looking forward to the parade of lights. That's something I've never seen, but um, a, a lot of the yacht clubs have a Christmas parade. And so I don't just see the nitty-gritty workings, but I also see some of the the beauty um, that goes on as part of the, uh, the formal groups of, of voters. And um, so, yeah, well, I, it, I, I have what is arguably the best job in the whole state. <laughs> then, you know, we do have a parade of lights down here in uh, San Diego. Uh, it's I headed know. up by John Campbell. You've probably talked uh, with him. It's been a tradition here in uh, San Diego for many years. It is spread over two weekends, and it is a grand event. So uh, uh, I hope you're going to get an opportunity to come on down and uh, see the event down here in San Diego. And, Wendy, are, are you familiar? Is, there's a parade of lights up in Newport Harbor, too. Is there not? Oh, yeah. There's new, the Newport one, the Huntington Beach Harbor one, and also um, Merritt's one of the harbor commissioners for Santa Barbara. So I'm actually going to go over there and help them judge. Wow, I know. I know. Vicky has been asked. Vicky is my wife. She's also been asked to be a judge in the San Diego uh, Parade of Lights. So that's uh, kind of amazing. Hey, uh, we are speaking with Lynn Sandler, and she is the deputy director for the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways. Lynn, can you stay with us for another segment? There's a couple, three other questions that uh, Wendy and I would like to ask you. Absolutely. Hey. Uh, we are uh, talking to you on Rod and Reel Radio on AM 540, or you can listen to us live at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now, but there's a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford 
knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio and the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. We'd like to remind you a life jacket becomes very fashionable when it's too late to put one on. Make sure before you leave the dock that everyone is buckled up. And it just so happens that we happen to have the Deputy Director director for the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways, Ms. Lynn Sadler. And Lynn, again, welcome back to Ron Real Radio. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, it is good to have you and, and to find out a little bit more about the department. You know, we were we started talking about places that uh, the department leaves its footprint, whether it be in infrastructure, whether it be in education, or even going out and looking for new areas where there's problems, whether it be uh, uh, water conservation or water contamination. 
Can you just uh, uh, give us a, an outline, or if, you, or if there are projects that you're familiar with, maybe here in the Southern California uh, area that uh, uh, the California Department of Boating and Waterways has been involved with? Absolutely. I think the bottom line is if you see a marina in California, we probably provided the funding for it. We have right now 76 active loans with 30 public agencies for a total of $234 million, uh, in marinas right now uh, at this minute. Um, we have uh, hundreds, actually I think we could say thousands, of other kinds of facilities such as um, transient docks, boat launches. Um, so... Um, I would say that if, if you see a facility related to water, there's a very, very good chance that the, the funding for at least part of it came from um, either the Department of Boating and Waterways of old or the new Division of Boating and Waterways under state parks. We also, uh, in addition to that, provide education. We provide law enforcement support, and we also do treatment for control of invasive species in the Delta and treatment for prevention of quagga and zebra mussel. When it comes to education, I was really pleased to hear one of our ads during the break. And I'd like to talk about something sort of serious at the moment. We, we talk a lot about recreational boating and the fun of it, but one of the things that keeps it fun is safety. And I have to come in on Monday mornings and see the accident and fatality reports. Mm. And um, it is discouraging the number of fatalities that we still have. Uh, we have over 50 state fatalities statewide. Uh, last year we lost um, 19 boaters in Southern California, and three-quarters of those could have been prevented simply had the person been wearing a life jacket. You know, uh, so, Lennon, th that figure probably doesn't even include the number of people that could have been injured or hurt, and then I'm sure there's a whole other number of uh, incidents that just never get reported. That's absolutely correct. There were 121 injuries last year in Southern California, and those are injuries requiring more than first aid, you know, an emergency room visit. Um and as we know, a lot of people don't do the reporting that they're required to do. So uh, we are um, constantly talking about life jackets. And part of our education is to encourage people to wear them. And we're happy to say that it seems to be um, becoming more and more effective. We just got some survey results back that show that the number of people who say they never wear a life jacket is down to 6%. Now, in my opinion, that's still 6% too high, but that's a great improvement over the 20% of, of a, you know, a decade or so ago. So we are improving. One of the other things that we are um, working on that I think your listeners are going to want to know about is that beginning uh, next year, um, there is a requirement for folks to um, get a boater operator card. And that card proves that you've had boater education. And when you get that card, it's valid for life. 
and we will be phasing that in in segments. So starting the first year, persons 20 years uh, old or younger will need a card, and then the next year, 25 years old or younger, next year, 35, and so on, until we are able to cover all of the boaters. Those um, courses will be available online, and they're also available on paper uh, if people are interested. They're actually available right now. If you were to take the course now and get your certificate, that would, be, uh, that would count. You would be grandfathered in when the uh, program formally starts next year. But uh, we want everyone to know that that will be a requirement, and we think it's a really good requirement because... Other um, things that contribute to um, uh, folks getting injured or dying are things that this course will cover. For example, operator inattention, inexperience, excessive speed, and sadly, one-third of all accidents, um, alcohol is involved. And so we are hoping that, that people taking this cor- these courses will be either learning these things for the first time or being reminded and that safety will continue to improve over time. You know, you were uh, also mentioning to me that uh, uh, you're always looking at, at new areas that, uh, uh, that concern waterways, and uh, one of them had to do with uh, a lot of the channels and ditches and weirs and stuff like that that are out throughout the state of California that are not patrolled yet where you have a hazard with uh, people falling into them, not being able to get out and drown or, or whatever. So, uh, I, you know, I, I believe, uh, am I not uh, correct in saying that that's kind of a, a new area that you're looking into right now? But it's not so much a new area as just kind of a, um, a reminder of the need for people to have a safe relationship with water. Um, one of the things that we help um, support are aquatic centers throughout the state. So we provide them with equipment, um, co- a coordination with other aquatic centers so they can learn from each other. And um, we also provide scholarships. So that kids who might never have an opportunity to go boating get a chance to go boating. And part of those classes is to teach them to be comfortable and safe in the water. So even when they go somewhere else and they don't have a boat, if they find themselves in a situation, you know, falling into uh, uh, an irrigation uh, canal, for example, they will have had that safety training and there's a better chance that they can survive as a result of that. We also offer life jacket loaner uh, programs through a lot of fire departments and local beaches so that if folks don't have a a life jacket, they can go uh, borrow one. And we also have a life jacket trade-in program so that if people... Um, their life jacket's getting old or worn out and they can't afford a new one, we will uh, trade that in for them. Related to that, we also work with local um, schools and um, sports franchises. For example, here in Sacramento, we have the River Cats, and the River Cats mascot goes around to schools and talks about many 
messages and provides many messages that are are helpful to kids growing up. But one of them is um, the the mascot puts on a life jacket and talks to the people, uh, the kids about the importance of water safety and how to properly put on a life jacket and how to be safe. So. Um, uh, the people who attend sporting events tend to be many of the same folks that are um, participating in paddle and boating sports. And so by getting uh, working with different sports franchises, we can reach that audience uh, in yet another way. So we do a, a lot of that kind of interaction, but we are focusing right now on areas where people may be underserved, where there's a need, but perhaps the county or the local entities don't have the resources, for example, to build a marina, so therefore there's not a lot of boaters around, therefore there's not maybe an aquatic center, therefore maybe kids don't have a place they can go to learn about boating and water safety. Wendy, you've got a question. I, I have a question and a comment on a subject that you had mentioned previously. Um, one of the questions is, my question is, when somebody goes out and buys a boat, will they be required to have that certificate before they buy the boat? Um, or, you know, because a lot of people that I've seen in the boating industry, you know, you just go and you buy a boat, you have no idea what you do, but you take it home anyways, and you don't even know how to trailer it home, um, <laughs> let alone drive yes, we've, we've seen those accidents as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, I can't, I, I actually have not been asked that exact question, but what I can tell you is that when you operate the boat, you are required to have that card on your person. Mm -hmm. So if you buy a boat and trailer it home, um, my belief is you would not need the card at that time but you would need it prior to taking it out on the water. And I should be really clear about this. This is motorized boats. This is not right. a stand-up paddleboard or a, yeah. um, you know, a, a, and, a kayak. It, it, this is motorized boats. So and, and my comment... Yes, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, Wendy. Oh, okay. And, and my comment would be is I know a lot of guys that are boaters, you know, whether they own a yacht, whether they own a little skiff, um, motorized boats, where the wives or the girlfriends don't know how to run the boat, and they go out to Catalina or somewhere, and if something were to happen and that guy should fall overboard, they don't know how to turn the boat around, they don't know how to stop the boat, they don't know how to do anything in regards to the boat because the guy does everything. So I hope with our listeners you'll think about that and think, oh, wow, I better have my significant other or whoever's going to be on the boat and make sure there's somebody else that can run the boat and who's taken the class so that if something were to happen, there's backup. Well, Thank you so much for mentioning that because that is a, a fact that is related to a number of accidents. Unlike a car where the driver is essentially the most important person, now, of course, the passengers can get rowdy and distract the driver, but basically the, if there's an accident, it's caused by the driver. In a boat, uh, for example, uh, uh, folks might, the driver might stay sober, but the passengers think, well, it's all right if I'm completely blotto, and they end up falling overboard and being injured. The, the 
chances of an accident happening to a passenger on a boat is much greater. And, and exactly what you said, that there needs to be a backup plan if the person who's operating that boat cannot. One of the things that folks can do is when you register a boat, you get a booklet from our division called the ABCs of Boating. That would be a really useful thing for everyone who rides on that boat to see. I am a, a whitewater enthusiast, and one of the things that we do at the beginning of every whitewater trip is we have something called a safety talk, and we go through all of the safety measures, and it doesn't matter if the boaters have been doing it for 20 years. You remind people we point positive. Uh, if someone's out, this is the hand signal. Um, that so-and-so is going to go first and another person is going to be the sweep and the three blasts of the whistle means we've got a problem. So you run through all those things so that they're fresh in everybody's mind. And um, I think that would be an excellent practice for folks going out on, on um, other kinds of boating uh, excursions. The other thing that would be useful that we really encourage is encouraging people to file a float plan. Let people know where you're going. A number of the marinas now will let you file the float plan with them saying, here's where I'm going. Here's when I expect to be back. Here's an emergency number to call if I'm not back by that time. Uh, that's another safety uh, uh, behavior that people can engage in. Diane, also here in San Diego, we have the, uh, the Coast Guard Auxiliary that runs a program called Suddenly in Command, and it is taught by uh, uh, Diane Simons, and she offers this service through the uh, Coast Guard Auxiliary to all boat clubs and organizations that uh, are interested in hearing. It's a two-hour course that she gives. It's extremely complete, and she covers those aspects of what the non-boaters need to know if by any chance they find that the uh, the skipper on the boat is incapacitated, and what the skipper should tell the people that are in the boat, you know, safety and how to do because there's a lot of boats. When you look at all the boats that are in the water, each one of them almost starts differently. You don't even know how to start and stop a boat sometimes if you're if you're not the skipper. So this is a class that is available here in San Diego County and and. We'll post on uh, Rod and Reel Radio on how to get a hold of Diane if you or your group are interested in uh, running one of these uh, courses uh, for your club or organization. Hey, Diane, with the, the time, I'm sorry, uh, with the time that we have left, Lynn, um, just how, how do organizations and people come to uh, the, uh, the department and try and gain uh, funding for projects that they might be involved with that you might want to consider uh, contributing to? So the easiest way to do it is to go to BoatCalifornia.com. That's just all one word, BoatCalifornia.com, and that will take you to our programs. There's a list over on the left that will say DBW homepage. That will be Division of Boating and Waterways. And there are, we have a number of programs, and how you get involved in each of them varies slightly. So we encourage people to go to our website to um, uh, find out how that particular program works. 
Um, we also encourage folks to uh, use the number there and give us a call and um, talk to us about it. And the next time that we're in the area looking, we, we have to do monitoring, as you can imagine, after we give a grant to make sure the money's being spent properly and that everything's going well. And while we're in the area, that's a perfect time for us to go visit uh, uh, a place that you think that we should see that, that might make a good partner for the Division of Boating and Waterways. Well, Diane, we've run a little bit over time, but I think this, uh, 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 the subject is important enough that, to do so. I want to thank you on behalf of uh, all the boaters here in, in San Diego County for being with us and sharing some of your time and expertise and telling us just what the agency does. It just isn't just shelling out money for projects like the Shelter Island boat ramp down here that we have. I, I think the contribution from your department is going to be like 6.1, 6.2 million. But if we go back in time and we look at a lot of the launch ramps here in uh, uh, the city lakes here in San Diego County, since that program is self-sustaining and doesn't gain any revenue from uh, taxes, it's all uh, participant uh, fees that, that go to that. If it weren't for your department, we wouldn't have some of the boat ramps that we have at like Lake Hodges and Lake Otai and uh, 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 Lake El Capitan that we see. So I want to thank you very much for that. Those are direct results of uh, your department uh, uh, contributing for those things. So I really want to thank you for being with us. Well, thank you so much. I was noticing that um, on our website it lists the, uh, all of the projects in the San Diego area that we have funded, and there are three full pages of them. Wow. And if you yeah. go to... If you go to rodreelradio.com, we have a direct link between rodreelradio.com and the uh, uh, California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways. So you can go right there, and, and if there was information that we didn't give out or you want to hear more about some of the things we talked about, you can go to. Well, Diane uh, Sadler, Deputy Director for the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways. Thank you very much for spending some of your Sunday with us. Thank you for having me on. It was great to talk to you. And we look forward to uh, meeting you and, and talking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Hey, Wendy and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, it's the fish icon, Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. Stay tuned. There's still lots more Rod and Reel Radio to come. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Anglers are 
Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovid Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. We want to thank the Deputy Director of the California State Parks Department of Boating and Waterways, Lynn Sadler, for being with us. And, and Wendy, I, I wasn't even aware of, of the scope of what the, these people did. It's uh, a pretty important uh, department uh, in, uh, in the state here, I think. Oh, yes. And, and you know, um, I think the majority or all of our launch ramps have been uh, funded or partially funded by the Department of Boating and Waterways. You got it. Hey, let's bring on uh, the fish icon right now with the Southern California Inshore Report, Captain James Nelson. And Captain James, I know you are a uh, certified licensed uh, captain, and you have a certified uh, uh, guide uh, uh, <clears throat> business. And we've been talking a little bit about boating safety and the things I have in and in your particular business, man, before you leave the dock, that's an extremely important function with you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We do a little safety orientation as, uh, you know, part of the guidelines with the Coast Guard. Um, and, of course, I make sure before I even leave here that everything is ready to go uh, as far as safety items. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty important. You know, it's it's the old be prepared for what shouldn't happen scenario. Well, no one goes out expecting an accident. Uh, That's why they're called accidents. But when they happen, you want to make sure that you're able to deal with them and you have the right equipment and you have everyone that's in the boat with you knowledgeable about what to do in the case this happens or, or that happens. So it's an extremely important subject for sure. Absolutely, John. And, you know, and it's, 
you know, like you said, unfortunately things happen, and then you got to learn to deal with them, and you know, you you move on from there. Um, but uh, you can never be pre- totally prepared for the stuff that can happen out there, but you could do your best. Right. Well, hey, let's get on to the uh, subject of fishing over here. How has it been this past week uh, in uh, San Diego Bay and thereabouts? That's a good question, John. You know, as far as uh, from what we've seen, it looks like uh, the fish are, there's some fish out there that are biting, and for the most part, uh, that's about it. You know, there's there's some fish out there that are biting. <laughs> Not a lot of fish, but there are some fish. You know, uh, yeah, if you get uh, uh, clients that come to you this time of the year, you know, especially around Thanksgiving, because I know you got a lot of uh, uh, inquiries about uh, people going out with the kids because they have a little bit of time off, and they go, Jim, what what do you recommend we do? What do you recommend uh, that people do this time of year? You know, just fish your passion. If you want to go where you want to go, if you want to, Check out the bay and see what's biting. Then check out the bay and see what's biting. Our local kelp, there's, you know, you can check that out and see what's biting in it. You want to go to the lakes. I mean, just don't expect a lot of fish. Don't expect, you know, 100 fish days. It's just, you know, have realistic expectations. Have a, have a notion in mind that it's, it's November. There are places where people are shoveling snow. They're parking their good cars in the garage and pulling out their snow cars. You know, there's people that are, are dealing with those types of issues, and we're out there. For the most part, I mean, other than the last couple of days, we've been wearing shorts. So, yeah, you know, it's just accept that fact and go out and have fun because there's there's a lot of fish that are still there. They're willing to bite, but don't expect that you're going to catch a lot of them. You know, uh, I was up at Angler's Marine here for their Bassathon. Had a chance to speak to uh, a lot of the pro anglers that Rick Grover brought in for that event, and uh, some of the the fellows that come from uh, uh, the Northeast. And they talking a little bit about winterizing their boats and things that they have to do. And uh, I I was coming. I when it when it comes to winterizing, uh, what do we do here? We uh, change the oil in the lower units and uh, maybe the uh, the water pump and uh, change out the batteries and uh, maybe clean uh, uh, some of those uh, scent marks off the carpets that we have but it, it isn't something that we're necessarily involved with here but what type of things did you do you do with your boat on a regular mate uh, basis because you're running so often Jim that uh, uh, fishermen should be looking at or guys with boats should be looking at well you know he's clean keep the boat clean I mean cleanliness is is so important, you know, goes back to the safety issue. Uh, you shouldn't have to scramble to find a life jacket. You shouldn't have to scramble to find that throw cushion or life preserver ring. Uh, you shouldn't have to scramble to find a Band-Aid if you should get a, a, a hook in your hand or something like that, uh, fish pokey. You know, keep the boat clean, keep things organized, and that goes even down to tackle, John. You know, it's the, the best way to get hurt sometimes on a boat is scrambling through your compartments looking for things. You know, the lid falls down on you or, you know, you're, you're pulling boxes around and you get a stray hook in your finger. You know, so keeping things clean and organized, that's a great thing to do while watching football. You know, take those tackle trays out, get your little label maker, label your, label your uh, little trays, your Plano trays or whatever you're using. Uh, you know, just do that kind of thing when you're, when you're not out actually fishing. You know, just if you have uh, quote-unquote downtime, that's a great time to do stuff like that. And then just get that boat clean, uh, you know, and organized. That's a great thing to do. That's a good idea, Jim. Uh, not only that, 
what you have in the boat is only a small percentage of what you probably have in the garage or or wherever your man cave is where you keep a lot more of your fishing tackle. Oh, absolutely. And I think you've got something that, that's going to help a lot of people out there just too, John. At least I'm, I know I'm participating in uh, whether you do it on your own yard sale terms or go down to one of these big swap meets or what we're going to be doing here, uh, what, next week? We're going to be out there at, uh, at Angler's Arsenal. And I know there's other tackle shops that do this type of thing. You know, talk to your tackle shops, but if you're in La Mesa area, Check yeah, out Angler's Arsenal. Just I, get rid of some of that stuff you're not using. I was really surprised when I was up at Angler's Marine. You know, I was doing uh, some uh, uh, recording uh, for some of the guys that were up there for, to be played at a later date. And a lot of the fishermen are, were from San Diego. They were up there taking advantage of the great deals and listening to the fantastic seminars that that Rick had uh, had up there, you know, he had Rick Clun and Jimmy Houston and Johnny Johnson and, and Chris Saldane. And, uh, and then in, in the booths, you could talk to like uh, Rusty Brown. You could talk to uh, uh, Butch Brown. Uh, uh, there's just all, all kinds of people to talk about, about fishing. And, and a lot of the guys were saying, Hey John, we're going to be down your uh, location next uh, Saturday for the swap meet. So, we're looking forward to that. Hey, Jim, yeah, uh, that's, just... That's a oh. great thing, John. You know, and, and again, it goes down to that, that fall cleanup time. You know, around the house, I know, I know there's folks that, you know, quote-unquote spring clean. You don't do that with fishing. Spring is time to get out, so we do fall cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm always creating a mess. I'm not organized like Wendy is. Wendy, I, I know you've got to be organized because you've got, not only do you have all your fish and stuff, you've got all your hunting stuff, and then you've got this whole area, I'm sure, where you've got samples that uh, you show uh, dealers throughout Southern California when you're traveling around. <laughs> you can go shopping at my house. <laughs> hey. uh, we'll be there next week, Wendy. <laughs> John thing is Saturday. We'll be there Sunday. <laughs> oh, that's what I. That's all I need is more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I heard um, James. I heard uh, and I saw that you took out uh, Mike and his dad and his son out fishing, and it looks like you guys had a great trip. Oh, we did. You know, and I'm not supposed to talk about that trip because you know the state of California. That's you know. But what, as we always laugh about it, it's a liberal state full of restrictions. But uh, <laughs> I got reprimanded today. I'm out on a loaner boat. My boat, my boat was uh, in the shop and uh, had some uh, more work that needs to be done that I'm not going to talk about until the insurance guys get there. But uh, has more work that needs to be done than, than uh, time allotted. So luckily I had a friend let me uh, borrow his boat, which, of course, the uh, fishing game reminded me today that that's really not too cool, but... You know, they kind of let me off the hook, which was really nice. But, <laughs> you know, they, they want to know that I'm on the boat that I'm paying the fishing game registration for. And if I'm not on that boat, then, then they just go, wait, wait a minute, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, you know, so I'm not it, going to talk about that trip because that didn't happen. It, it, <laughs> so it, 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 on radio or Facebook because it didn't happen, right? <laughs> you, you just have a, a lot of uh, hoops to jump through in order to uh, be a certified uh, skipper and, and charter master here in uh, in California. That's for sure, Captain Jim. Jim oh, absolutely. And they're there. Most of them are there for a reason. You know, they're there to protect people, especially like we were talking about with safety stuff. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're out there with the captain knows what he's doing. 
he's got the right equipment, and you're going to be out there in a safe manner. And, and I totally have a lot of respect for the fishing game, Coast Guard, and all those jurisdictions that do look after that for that effect. And, Quickly, and, uh, Captain Jim, know, people, uh, people want to get a hold of you <laughs> for, uh, you know, the, the coming weeks with the kids off. Uh, we got, uh, you know, winter break coming along, a lot of things. How's the best way to do it? Well, you can always reach me on the website. If you can't find thefishicon.com for whatever reason, uh, check out the Rod Real Radio. You know, there's a link there. So uh, either way, you can reach me on the interweb. There's a muscle on Facebook. It's Captain James Nelson. Or telephone, 619-395-0799. All right, Captain Jim, we look forward to uh, speaking to you during the week. And, uh talking to you again next week on raw and real radio thanks a lot for being with us tonight you bet john i can't wait for that swap meet see you saturday all right hey uh, we're going to take a break right now coming up after the six o'clock hour here mr pat mcdonald is going to be with us not only was he director of the 18th annual western outdoor news yamaha los cabos tuna jackpot but you're probably familiar with a lot that he does as being editor of western outdoor news Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El CajonFord.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full- and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. 
Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, Southern California, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. Well, if you pick up this week's edition of Western Outdoor News, there's a great insert on there. And it outlines some of the activities that happened at the 2016 Cabo Tuna Jackpot one of the largest tuna events here on the the west coast you know it's a great there's a bunch of great articles in there written by Gary Graham but we just happened to have the guy that was the director of this year's 18th annual western outdoor news yamaha los cabos tuna jackpot mr pat mcdonald pat welcome to the show sir thank you very much john appreciate it thanks for having me hey no thank you uh pat before we talk about this year's event can you tell us a little bit about the history and and where this event came from and and how it evolved into this event that it is right now? Well, for a lot of years we did uh, a, a yellowtail shootout uh, down at, in uh, in La Paz and uh, and the major sponsor there and was an airline uh, didn't want us to do any tournaments in in Cabo. They wanted to, because they were based in La Paz. They wanted us to stay there. Well, when they when they're uh, when their sponsorship backed off, I turned to Kit McNair and I said, "Hey, okay, we lost that sponsorship. Let's let's do what we really want to do. Let's put on a, uh, a tuna tournament in uh, in Cabo, a big money tournament, similar to the Bisbees. This was back in 1998, and we actually put the event on in 1999. But we had to go to Cabo and ask a lot of the people, like uh, all the the main players there in Cabo, if we could do that. You just don't walk in there and decide you're going to do it. But we wanted to do it." A tuna tournament. We didn't want to do a marlin tournament, and we wanted to do a little bit less expensive one, the Bisbees, uh, a little more fun, um, less serious, and one with a little fewer rules. And uh, we don't call them jungle rules, but definitely just a few fewer rules than the Bisbees had because they were adhering at the time to the IGFA rule. So that's how, kind of how it started. We just decided to to do it. We got the uh, the okay from a lot of people, Minerva Smith and. Uh, Luis Bolness and and the Coppola family and uh, just the main players down there, and we decided to do it. The first year we had it was 112 teams in 1999, and uh, and from there it's grown. This has really been a, a, a juggernaut. Wow, where do you get the participants from? Uh, because I know the Bisbee 
has an almost international group that that comes. How, how about for the uh, the Cabo uh, Tuna Jackpot? Where do the participants come from? Oh, they come from, well, just like the Bisbees, they come from all over the world. We have a website that's been on there for uh, 18 years. Um, and it's the first website Western Adrian has ever had. So, uh, so of course, you know, it's it's been out there, you know, worldwide in terms of the information. And we always advertise in the IGFA record book, so that gets out there. So we had a, uh, a team from Spain, we had a team from Luxembourg in Europe, uh, Japan. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know, probably 20, 20 teams are from Canada. Uh, of course, about 15 to 20 teams from Mexico at least. Uh, and, of course, all the charter boats are down there from Mexico. And then the rest are from the United States, from all over the United States. I'd say 30% of them are from Southern California, and the rest are from all over the, all over the country. Well, that's kind of amazing that you get uh, boats from the Southern California area here and even beyond that will make that trip down to Cabo San Lucas uh, for this event. Well, they don't necessarily bring their boats down. A lot of them are charter the boat. There are boats that are down there that are owned by, you know, wealthy people who charter the boats, you know, to offset the cost of them. So then they uh, they gather a team up and they do it, or they charter, or they offer the boat up for charter. Uh, and so you get, I think we have some, we had oh, probably about, Three teams from Opaz, uh eight teams from, uh, and a winning team uh, from uh, from Los Perillas, and uh, and then we have some teams that come from Puerto Los Cabos. And, but most of the, I'd say, the majority of the boats are chartered. They're chartered. I'd say thirty percent of the boats are not chartered; they're owned, um, but the rest of them are chartered. So it's a, it's kind of an indication of you know you can, you, know, you can go down there and do a tournament and not not have to spend a great deal of money. Um, and I'll give you an idea of that this is one of the biggest questions people have. Can I afford it? Is it, is it you know, it seems like a rich man's sport. You know, even the tuna, tur- in the, the tuna tournament is, is not like the Bisbees. But still, you know, you're, we gave away $747,000 nice. uh, this year to six teams. One team won $330,000. The winning team from Los Perillas, Chucky Van Warmer, uh, his team on the two quota zone, they they had a 298 pounder, and that was worth because they were in three optionals and they took first place. They won 180 thousand. So there's a lot of money in in it. But like you and me, if we wanted to go down, John, and had two other friends who wanted to go down instead of just going to Cabo for uh, three days of fishing and hanging out at the bars and uh, maybe go dive in a day and stay in a hotel and all that, the tournament. Really, uh, you can do the tournament for about $2,500 each for four guys to have a team, charter a boat, fly down there, get a hotel, get a rental car, pay for your bait, food, everything else. I mean, it is, I've, I've got it almost down to uh, a dollar, what it will cost you to do the tournament, getting into three optionals. And so um, so you're, it's not a poor man's deal. You're going down there and actually competing on some pretty good boats and the Mexican captains on Tongas are almost are as good as the guys who are fishing on the sixty foot Vikings. Matter of fact, the sixty foot Viking guys actually hire the Mexican Pongeros to be their crew because that they just know so much about catching big tuna down there. So it's a fun it's a fun tournament. Anybody can win it. You really can. Of course, you know, the top teams are always in the top I, I kind of look at it as there's like 20% of the teams uh, are in the upper upper end, and they have the greatest chance of winning. They have the faster boats. They have the electronics. They have the crew. But sometimes it comes down to luck. My buddy went down there, 
he was on a 24 foot foot and he got a 170 pound fish. So he, he oh. was, he didn't win anything, but the, on several of the years that fish would have won him a lot of money. So anybody can win. And, and a lot of people do that are not, you know, hardcore, you know, boat professionals on 60 foot Vikings, that kind of thing. It's 28 foot to, uh, you know, 36 feet is the, most of the boats are down there fishing. Yeah, Pat, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how this tournament is structured where the guys can win this type of money? I'm, I'm obviously familiar with bass tournaments where you have your, your basic entry fee and then there are all types of options to get into. Is, is this tournament structured pretty much like that, or do you have a few other uh, special wrinkles there? No, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, it's, we call it a Calcutta, and it's uh, it was actually started and formed by the Bisbee family. Bob Bisbee kind of started as a brown bag tournament. A bunch of guys in Cabo and let's all go out and, you know, I'm, what do you want to, you know. So it, I look at it this way, John. You you pay $1,000 for your team entry, and then 500 of that goes into the into uh, first, second, third, 85%, 15, and, uh, and, uh, and, um, and 5%, or 10% and 5%. So, it's almost like biggest fish over two days, first, second, third, and all that money's in. So if you have 100 teams, it's $50,000 in the pot. So that's a kind of a separate tournament. It really is. It's just, you know, you don't have to do anything more than just get in for $1,000 for four people. It's $250 to go down and fish in the tournament. There's a lot of, you know, like nine events. There's a lot going on. You get a lot of free stuff. It's a, it, it's an, And you're an exciting you're an exciting tournament, you know. You're in the biggest tuna, uh, tuna tournament in the world, and the biggest tournament in Mexico every year, and you're out the last ten years. So, you're you're into fun, you know. You're into shotgun starts. So, but if you want to move up the ladder and play, instead of being at the quarter slots, you know, at Vegas, you want to get up into the dollar slots. You can move up, and those optionals, you're competing only against the people who are in those optionals too. And each day is a new optional. So, if you are in an optional let's say, $1,000 optional. 20, 20% of that money goes to us, 80% goes to the angler, and that's each That's each day. When you catch the biggest fish among the teams in that optional, then you win that money for wow. that day's optional. So it, it can range anywhere from 60 I mean, we have a, a Wahoo and Dorado optional, which we added about six years ago. It was $60,000 each day. So, you get know, you're competing money. against, yeah, you get a lot of money. And uh, after the 298-pound tuna uh, was caught, a lot of guys went, well, I don't know, maybe we got to just go, catch, uh, go fish for Oahu. And they did. A lot of teams <laughs> figured they weren't going to win the first place, so they turned it well, into you, a... Well, you yeah. know, in the, in the past, you know, El Nino years that we've had, I know the fishing has been really tough down there. Uh, before the tournament, was there any type of anticipation that uh, uh, how this tournament was going to, you know, go off with regards to the catching of fish, and did it live up to that expectation? Well, so, you know, that's a really good question, John, a, a great question. It gives me the opportunity to talk about three things. One, we had 25 more teams in the previous year, which is pretty amazing. It wasn't even, I wasn't even prepared for that. I thought we'd have, we went, we would go from 143 to 150. We went to up to 168 teams. Nice. And uh, that's a nice problem to have. But, you know, let's face it, I didn't have enough hats and bags and shirts. So I had a, well, you know, I was like taking, I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was, a, you know, there were, <laughs> we were going to grow by, you know, 15, 20%. 
but it was a good problem to have. Then we grew by $100,000 in payout money. It means wow. more profit, but it also means a greater payout. It's a record payout for 18 years. So it shows the economy is, uh, is, is really good. Um, so as far as the fishing, I think part of the reason, another reason why it was uh, the term it grew was what you were asking what, about, was the anticipation. We probably had, in Cabo and East Cape, had the greatest in memory, 30-some years, Tracy Ehrenberg down at the Pisces said, you know, Pat, in all the years I've been here, and she, she's been there for 35 years, this is the best big tuna season that I can remember. So that generated an incredible amount of excitement as well. And so we ended up with uh, eight fish over um, 200. And, um, and then we had uh, like eight fish over 170. And we had the 298-pounder, which was just off the 300 mark. I think we've had three fish over 300 pounds in the history of the tournament. But that is, well, that is probably... I'd say that's one of the best years we've ever had. 2012 was the best year we ever had. We had a 300-pounder, and then we had 12 fish over 200 pounds. So that was a little bit better. But this year, overall, the fishing was just phenomenal for big fish. And uh, so we're pretty we're, we're pretty happy about you know seeing those big fish come up. And the last fish, the last boat to be weighed. Uh, to come in and weigh was the real quest, and they won $330,000, and they won it largely on the fact that they were across the board. They won all the optionals except for the Dorado Lotto because they were weighing in. They had four huge tuna in the back nice. of their boat. It was incredible, and they brought the two up. I said, hey, you don't bring all four up. Just bring the two up. Just bring two up. So they brought two up. One was 274 pounds, and that swept the second day's optionals, took second place in the tournament, and then and then I guess the 160 pound of the day before had won the $10,000 optional for uh, for 52,000. So combined with all that optional money, the second day, second place money, and then the 10 and the 52,000 they won the first day, they won the highest single payout in history of the tournament, $330,000. So uh, the, they came to play with the big boys, and 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 they, and they beat the big boys, and they swept. So the it was incredible to see these big fish uh, come up that ramp. I'm telling you, John, it was yeah. it was really exciting. Three, 400 people sitting there screaming as these fish came in. It was it was crazy. So, hey, we yeah. are uh, speaking with Pat McDonald. Not only is he editor of Western Outdoor News, but he's the director of the uh, annual uh, Western Outdoor News Yamaha Los Cabos Tuna Jackpot. Uh, Pat, we got to take a break. Is there any way I can talk you into staying on for just a little bit longer and talk more about this event and maybe uh, how to get into next year's event? Not a problem. I'll hang tight. Hey, Wendy and I, we're going to take a break right now. Stay tuned. We're with Pat McDonald. So we'll be back after these messages. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. 
Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio, and we are speaking with Mr. Pat McDonald. Yeah, a lot of you know him as the editor of Western Outdoor News, but he is also the director of the Cabo Tuna Challenge, and we're talking a little bit about the happenings in this year's event. And, you know, uh, Pat, can you kind of put it together in a nutshell? Uh, we know you had uh, 168 teams out there. Uh, uh, you gave away over $700,000 in cash, and that probably doesn't even include prizes. And we want to remind our listeners that if they go to this week's edition of Western Outdoor News, uh, Gary Graham did an excellent job in writing about the event. And, Pat, you probably had something to do with it, too, in documenting this event. It It looked like... Not only was it a great fishing event, it turned out to be a pretty good party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have yeah, there's like nine events that we do. And if you count the staff and sponsors party that we have before we uh, do the uh, check-in, uh, 
right there in the marina, you know, in the balcony of Pisces, there's actually 10 events that are planned around it. You know, shotgun stars, charity things, uh, two dinners. There's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it's, it's pretty interesting to try to put the sermon on, you know, uh, you know, once a year down there. And, uh, I think people enjoy it. I guess it's uh, really, uh, uh, it's gotten a lot of people very interested in it. They have a good time. And, um, and they have a chance to win money and have, you know, do something a little bit different in Cabo. And people, you know, they say, oh, Cabo's not the same as it always was. Well, you know what? Nothing really is the same as it always was. And Cabo has grown, and it's providing jobs for people in Mexico, and I think we're trying to be a part of that, you know. And um, uh, one thing I think I'm pretty proud of, in a nutshell, we're trying to come bring this to a close, but, you know, the tournament is also um, very important in terms of charity. We do have a smilesinternationalfoundation.org, uh, which uh, does surgeries in two one-week clinics. Every six months they have a one-week clinic where they uh, do uh, about 40 surgeries on about 25 children, very, very young children, from 10 weeks all the way up to teenagers to for cleft palate repair. And uh, I, I was involved in one of the clinics uh, and then um, we had a video done at the awards, and it uh, well, let's just say we, we generated uh, a great deal of money uh, for it. Every thousand uh, dollars creates four surgeries for these kids, and uh, they're life changing. It's just truly life changing. And you can read, you know, more about Smiles and the tournament and everything else on our website, which is uh, Los uh, Los com. If you just Google tuna uh, Cabo tuna, it'll come right up. It's the first thing that comes up if you just. Uh, uh, just punch in, you know, Cabo Tuna. So it's right there, and there's the videos and results and photos and kind of get an idea. And anybody can do this tournament. John, you and I could form a team, you know, uh, next year with, a, with two other – I mean, I couldn't. I'm a director. But, you know, just a lot of people just do it on a lot. One guy went down there for his 50th birthday. His wife asked him, what do you want to do? And he had the choice of going anywhere in the world, doing anything he wanted. He says, I want to do the Tuna Tournament. And he was down there, and – uh and they weighed in a nice big dinner. They didn't win money, but they were close. So yeah, they had a great time. Well, Pat, you do a Herculean effort when it comes to coordinating this, not only with the uh, uh, the venue itself, the the sponsors, uh, uh, but also getting all the teams together. And let's just talk about that a little bit. I'm kind of going out of rotation over here. But for individuals that are interested in the 2017 event, because I know you're already planning for that, how are some mm-hmm. of the ways that they can – get into this event, either uh, as a single or with a friend or either to, or even to bring a team? I think the first thing you need to do is, uh, is, is find a boat. Either bring your boat or charter a boat. And uh, that's the main thing. After that, uh, finding people to go, you just uh, get it on a spreadsheet and figure out what your teammates want to do and, and how much they want to spend and how, how far they want to go into it. I mean, my nephew and my my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, went down there just to hang out for five days and just be together as, you know, father and son. And so they had a, a fantastic time. They chartered, like, the smallest boat that the Pisces uh, fleet has, and uh, they had a wonderful time. And although they didn't catch any fish, they had a great time. And they just, two guys, chartered the boat and decided to do it. So the key is find a boat, find a good captain, if you know the Cabo area, most of them are really good captains, and there's a ton of boats down there. There's like must be 150 charter boats down there. So, sure um, yeah. So I mean, a lot of people only came down and did it for the first time, and there were uh, a number of teams that uh, had never done it before, and they came and weighed in fish, and they had a chance to win. So, um, so yeah, it was getting getting uh, 
Imagine getting two or three people together and saying you want to do it and then uh, making some phone calls and going on the Internet. Uh, there's a charter listing on the website that we have for Cobblish in the Jackpot. There's no bells and whistles. We don't doesn't send you off to other websites and try to sell you something. It's very informational. Uh, it gives you an idea. You read the stories and you'll understand how the tournament works and why it is a blast to do it. And, uh, and, and part of it is the charity aspect of it too. So you come out feeling like you're, uh, you know, you're, you're having a great time, but you're also contributing something down there in Mexico and you're part of something pretty, pretty fun and cool. How about accommodations, Pat? Cause there's a lot of people. Yeah. They go, you say when we go down, uh, to uh, Southern Baja, maybe they go over to the East Cape and they stay with John Ireland or some of the great people yeah. that are down there. Uh, but they're not as familiar with San Jose to Little Cabo and Cabo San Lucas and places to stay. Can you help them out with that? Well, some people have timeshares. That's why I always plan it. I, I, I'm not saying everybody should go down there and just get a timeshare, but I'm saying if you have a timeshare and somebody, you know, <laughs> convince you to buy a timeshare, uh, and you have one, then that's not a bad idea. But the Tesoro um, is our is our host hotel, and uh, so that hotel you can get a room with breakfast, view of the marina. It's right central to all the things that are going on, all the restaurants, all the action in, in downtown. Right on the marina is like 110 bucks a night. So that's when I tell you it costs like 2,500 dollars a person it's for reasonable. four people to, to be on a team. You know, I mean, you, you know, guy, people come down to Cabo and go, ah, let's go down to Cabo, play some golf, you know, go fishing a couple of days, we'll go down and we'll come out. Okay, go do that. And you're sitting around, and, and really you've gone fishing for a couple of days, but you realize that when you go home, okay, we went fishing a couple of days, but, you know, we did the same old trip that we always do. We caught a few fish. Now put that same $2,500 that you, that you spent on that trip with your buddies and put it in and being part of a tournament where you could win, uh, you know, a hundred thousand um, dollars, you're, or more, you, uh, you're doing something really more fun and more uh, electric, you know, that, uh, that you're going to have when just by going down with your, with your buddies. And uh, we invite a lot of, a lot of women on teams. Um, you're allowed two guests on any team. So you don't have to, uh, leave, you know, your wife, or your girlfriend on the, on the dock, you can bring her. And uh, she just can't fish. You can only observe. And um, so, you know, there are rules. How about leaving your husband at the dock? <laughs> like you and Mary could go down, and, and then you could put Mary as a guest, and you could be fishing. So, you know. Yeah, that's right. You know, not, not he's your husband. But, uh, but, he, but yeah, you know, you could say, hey, hey, sorry, Mary, uh, I'm pulling on the fish. So, uh, yeah. So we try to make it so it's really, uh, if, so it's, it's interesting. It's not too expensive. That uh, wives, girlfriends, families, that kind of thing, they're still welcome there. We don't have to do wet T-shirt contests. You know, we. It's not. It's not the Cabo. If people want to do that stuff and go to Cabo and and do it, that's fine. That's their business. But this tournament is run. It's clean. It's family oriented. It's but it is a kick in the butt. And uh, there's plenty to do in Cabo uh, on any level that you that you wish. But uh, we try to keep things really strong, and we had a disqualification this year. This year, you know, the the team didn't follow the rules, and I had to disqualify them. They lost fifty two thousand oh. dollars. I didn't want to have to do it, but like I say, if my my mother, if she was still alive, I I would disqualify her, and I've disqualified friends on, in the tournament. You know, you got to follow the rules. So we're dealing with a lot of money, and uh, so. Yeah, nothing can be above reproach. I mean, we have to make sure that everything is above board. We just uh, and that's why we 
I'm very protective of the tournament and and the rules and how we run it and and the, the general feeling that people have when they're down there uh, as part of the event. You know, there's a great back to- story too with the uh, team that won uh, two uh, Carazon. Uh, uh, they um, they attributed to a little angel watching over him. Uh, uh, do you remember what that story is all about? Uh, I Pat? do. I do. When he when he came up, uh, we were Chucky Van Warmer. You know. Uh, the famous Van Warmer family of Beast Cape and Los Barillas. They had a very strong team. They came in, and we heard that they had been hooked up at the Gordo Bank on a big fish. And so when they brought it in, um, uh, Chucky had told everybody, and then he reiterated that story at the awards dinner uh, on, on two, night, two nights later, that uh, the captain of the boat, um, his uh, niece, I think she was 11 years old, um, cancer had returned, and uh, so they basically realized that she was gonna, not, not going to make it, and uh, she passed away that the morning of the, uh, of, the, of the fishing day of the, um, of the tournament. And so um, the, the morning, actually, of the day that they caught a 298-pound tuna. And so her name was America, and uh, she was beloved in the, in the town of, of Barillas, and so everybody knew her. And uh, so they... They decided to go go ahead and keep fishing. The, the captain was just extremely upset, but he decided that he wanted to go forward and, and fish. And so they just felt that they were going to name the the, uh, the team uh, Team America on the, on the on the boat, the two quota zone, and dedicate it to uh, to the little girl. And of course, they felt that you know while the other teams had all of the electronics and the big boats and everything else, they felt that they had the little angel that was overlooking uh, their their team. And that's what they said at the awards. So it was very, very, very emotional um, awards, um, a dinner uh, when Chucky got up there and told the story. It was quite heartwarming. Great. And, and just, uh, again, to show you the, the makeup of the teams, it's not just all... Uh, testosterone that's on these teams. You, you, you had an event. I think it was the best dressed group, and uh, that group was uh, definitely uh, uh, a group of uh, diverse individuals. Oh, John, Wendy, you got to hear this. This is funny because this team. Oh, see, where were they? They were from Texas, um, and they came up with uh, what they, I called fuchsia uh, colored uh, clothes. And of course, they had been dressed up at the check-in too. So the first day they, they weighed in, they came up, and, and they weighed in a nice fish, 160-some pound fish. And I go, wow, that's some pretty bright clothes. That's, uh, you know, what, what is that color, fuchsia? And the, and the, and the guy looks, says, he says, I don't know, we're from Texas, and fuchsia is a mighty big word. We call it pink. <laughs> and uh, I go, yeah, it's always pretty funny. Well, these are very wealthy folks, and they had about 15 people, friends, family, brothers, sisters. They had a big group. They rented out a big penthouse somewhere, and they hired a professional photographer to follow them around with all of their outfits, and each day they wore a different outfit, and each one had the same outfit. So they earned and deserved the best dressed, uh, you know, award. So um, it, it was fun people, super fun. I mean, just, to, you know, you, you just there's always certain groups that come down. They just, just seem to have more fun than anybody else. They're just fun loving people and they have a great time. And they, that was definitely the group. And we had a sticker contest, you know, put a sticker somewhere, find it. And we gave them a cigar and a national rental car for a week. Uh, the, um, let me see. What did the best dress guys win? Uh, they won a week's worth of food for next year at Baja Cantina and or Maria Corona, which is really a good deal. Nice. And then a free rental, and I think a yeah, and then a hundred four hundred and twenty five dollar gift certificate to Fishworks. So each 
contest we did have, we had, whether it was Guess the Fish, that was a trip to Alaska, um, uh, or um, the three, there were two other people that did not, um, that guessed the 298. So we had a drawing, and we gave them Coast of Sunglasses uh, as, a, you know, as a consolation prize. And then uh, there were some other, uh, we had a, we had a, oh yeah, we had a, we had a contest that was, uh, um, it wasn't really a formal contest, but it was a, a, a hard luck award. Team 28 had lost a huge fish right next to the real quest up there at the Golden Gate on the second day, and they thought it was well over 200 pounds, and they would have won some money probably, and they lost it at the gaff. And so yeah. I heard that story, and I said, well, I go, Team 28, you got the hard luck award, and that means you get into the uh, tournament next year for free, uh, $1,000 wow. entry. So that was great. So guarantees they'll be back. <laughs> well, you know, uh, obviously uh, these people are here to – be in this tournament they're there to have a good time but to show you really how big-hearted this entire group was uh, if you go a few years back just right after that hurricane that devastated uh the cabo san lucas area right. these mm-hmm. people you were still able to run the tournament but they came through big time just can you relate that to us and our audience well when hurricane odile came through years ago uh it devastated the area and Cabo really is not built for hurricanes. A lot, a lot of those old Baja, yeah, sure, but uh, you know, but most roofs were torn off. Tonga fishermen and a lot of the captains, and, and of course, many, many of the areas in the back end of, of Cabo built out of just I don't know spare wood and cardboard were just it disappeared. Uh, and of course, the place was just absolutely devastated, and they put the place back together. You know. Uh, in rapid fashion, it was it was an amazing recovery. I don't think the United States is capable of doing that because we have so much red tape. They just bring the army and start shooting the looters and uh, uh, restore order, and then get and then put in twenty two uh, jet turbine uh, generators, get the lights back on, um, start repairing light poles with helicopters. It was just an incredible feat to get that airport open and get and get that city, and get that whole region back on its feet. Because it is an important part of the uh, Cabo of the Mexican federal budget, you know, tourism is is huge in Mexico, sure. and Cabo San Lucas is the highest, is the second highest uh, generator of federal funds uh, than and in terms of uh, tourism as Cancun. So they had to get that thing that place back up on uh, back up and in quickly. So. They did, and when we had the tournament, I said they asked me, "Did you did you want to do the tournament? Are you going to do the tournament?" This is five six weeks before the tournament. This hurricane hit. I said, "Well, I'm never going to cancel the tournament." I've always said I'm not going to cancel the tournament. I did that at Catalina once, and, it, and I think it ruined the tournament. People just couldn't trust that it was going to be held. And I said, "I am running this tournament. I don't care if we have 50 teams. We're going to run this tournament, and that's going to be the decision." And. Uh, Knowing that, everybody, you know, and a lot of things were canceled. I mean, Sammy Hagar's birthday bash, he canceled that and did it in Vegas. A lot of people, of course, they held it. I don't know, people have short memories, but uh, but he bailed out. But, uh, but I know the Bisbees uh, did, uh, did a great job putting on theirs. The Los Carlos Billfish continued on, and ours did as well, and we had 132 teams. We were headed to 150. We ended up 132, and I was thrilled with 132. We had a tournament, and, and the, the the feeling though of of going there and raising fifty thousand dollars to help rebuild the houses of the uh, of, of the 
I think we rebuilt uh, 18 uh, small houses there, or, or helped repair 18 houses of uh, Mexican fishermen. You know, um, crewmen, captains, that kind of thing. These people are not rich by any means. They're they're they live to us. They would be almost be the we look at it and say it's almost on the poverty level. But uh, for them, it's that's the way they, how they live, and they have these small houses, and their roofs got blown off, and the doors got blown off, and their furniture is gone, and so we. People are just writing checks for $5,000, and we got a $25,000 trip to Florida that we auctioned off. We had jewelry from John Petty. Um, it was just a, a, an incredible experience. It wasn't just putting on a fishing tournament. It was almost as though this, this cross between the United States and Mexico was going on, and it was just a feeling of with love and cooperation. So that's, that's what a lot of people came away from that tournament with. Wow. A good feeling at all. Well, you know, I know that you put a lot of time into this yourself, but like most tournaments, uh, you know, whether they be freshwater, saltwater, you can't do it without some great sponsors and patents. The limited time we have left here, uh, who are some of the people that really stepped up and helped you with this event this year? Well, I mean, Costa Costa Sunglasses is is, is by far the, uh, the most involved. They just... Dave Wolfeisen and his wife Amy come down, and I'm just going to say to you that they brought 22 boxes of clothing and and sunglasses and goodies, and they sell that stuff. Okay, now you go, oh my God, they're selling it for profit? No, they sell it. Every penny goes to charity. Wow. And they, yeah, every single penny. So it's just it's amazing. Then they then they set up a a, a live auction for a twenty seven thousand dollar trip to Florida that Dave pays for. That Costa pays for it. Costa Sunglasses takes care of the whole thing. Takes some sword fishing, uh, first class hotel. That went for. I mean, it was there was. I mean, four rods, four reels. You know, um, they got all the sponsors involved in it. It was twenty seven thousand dollar bid. And what is amazing about that? And I'll leave. I'll, I guess I, you know I don't want to take too much of your time, but this is what's amazing about the thing. Sometimes things come together in the most unnatural and in special ways. Okay, but. The money was going to go to Smiles International with the uh, foundation, which does the cleft palate surgeries. Well, this guy had been coming to the tournament with his wife for years, and I knew they were pretty well-to-do. I didn't know what business she was in, but she'd sold her paper business. A lot of the Costco uh, paper products that you buy in Costco, that was her business. And so she was, she was really good in business, and he, just, he was an Australian guy, rugged guy. And he said, I'm a kept man, I'm a chef, and I'm a kept man, and my wife is a businesswoman. And I was realize that, you know, they come year, year after year. Well, that guy, when he was born in Australia, he had a massive cleft palate damage to his face when he was born, and the family abandoned him at birth. He, got, he was given surgery, and then he was adopted. So here he is. He, won, he, his wife, he and his wife bid on the trip to Florida for $27,000. She had just sold her company for a couple million dollars and figured, hey, this is a this is a um, a charity that I can support, and I had no idea that Stu uh, had had this experience as a child. He had been rebuilt. And I, I always knew that there was something with his face. I didn't know what it was, and it turned out that indeed he had be- uh, benefited from surgery as a child and uh, was abandoned by his family and uh, was adopted um, after the surgery. So, you know, we just take things for granted in this country. You know, well, about surgery. You know, at 10 weeks, most children have cleft palate surgery. At 10 weeks, you don't even know the child had it, you know. And then, of course, there's like three or four surgeries they need after that for ear, nose, and throat. 
that uh, that are that have to be uh, to be worked on. So it's not just one surgery saves a child, but it's it saves lives. And it was just amazing to have this guy and his wife bid on it. And who better than the person who who benefited uh, as a, as an infant, you know, from the cleft palate surgery? So yeah, pretty amazing stuff. All right. Well, Pat, can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking up some of your Sunday to be with us. Now, uh, uh, you say you never cancel a tournament, so you probably have the date for next year already set up. What what date on our calendar do we have to put down? Well, John, you, I want to see you and Wendy down there on November 1st through the 4th. Um, it's always the first Wednesday through Saturday of November. It never changes. So this year it's the 1st through the 4th, and... Um, and it's uh, and, and all the entry and everything else. It's all set up. It's all been uh, updated for 2018, the 19th annual. And it's uh, at the website has all that information. And uh, yeah, so November 1st uh, through the 4th. It's a long way to go, but uh, it's always a good time to plan uh, to, to go down there and have and have a great time and, and enjoy all the many aspects of sport fishing, you know, that, uh, that are, that are out there. It's, this is a, it's a fun event and we hope people, uh, enjoy it. And we try to make it better each year, a better and a great experience for everybody. Well, you just happened to mention 2018. We're not skipping the year. You're going to be there 2017 too, aren't you? <laughs> did I say 18? Yeah, you did. Oh, oh cause I well, I know it. you planned this thing many years. Oh, in the, you I, know. I think I think I think it's because of the 18th annual this year. I have my my right. my, uh, my number in my head. But yeah, you're right, John. Uh, I know. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there in the 17 2017. But <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'll be there in 2018, but definitely next year. So well, uh, <laughs> Pat, I appreciate it. I know how that goes. You're lucky I didn't call you Susie somewhere during the uh, <laughs> the interview. Oh, hey. I, I work from week to week, my man. You know, I have a newspaper that goes. We have a newspaper that goes week to week. I don't plan anything. I just go from week to week. You know, uh, deadline's Monday. I get the paper out, and boom. You know, yeah, dates don't mean anything to me. So, I happen anyhow. to know your boss too. You are a saint, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Pat uh, McDonald, editor of uh, Western Outdoor News and uh, the director for the uh, uh, the Los Cabos. Uh, uh, tuna jackpot pat thanks for spending some time with us it sounds like you had a great time and hey let's see what we can do about putting something together for the next year it sounds like way too much fun to miss oh yeah hey, thanks for having me wendy and john really appreciate it had a great time all right talk to you soon pat okay hey we're going to take break right now but stay tuned there's still a little more ron real radio to come we went a little overtime with uh, pat mcdonald certainly was worth it. So stay tuned. Wendy and I will be back after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh. 
and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? And if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262, or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Wendy and I want to welcome you back to the show. Here's a quick reminder. The Angler Swap Meet is going to be Saturday, November the 26th at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa. Sellers set up at 6 o'clock. Buyers are let in at 730 Hey, sign up to get a spot. You know, if you have that little extra gear you want to kind of turn into cash uh, for uh, the coming holiday, this is a good time to do so. Or if you are in need of extra rod and reel or you're missing something in your arsenal, it's a great time to get a great value on something like that. So the Angler Swap Meet, it's an annual event. It's coming up this Saturday, November the 26th, Small Business Saturday at Angler's Arsenal. Hey, you can go to Angler's Arsenal on Facebook or on Ron Real Radio to get more details on when this is coming off and how to get yourself a space. Hey, Wendy, you know, the past couple of weeks we've talked about some big tournaments. We've talked about the Bisbee Tournament. And the Bisbee tournament had a, a big payoff for first place. It was like $1.8 million. Second place was $694,000. We just talked to, to Pat uh, with a, that ran a great tournament down in Cabo. And I guess that brings up the, the question. Uh, uh, one of our listeners from the San Fernando Valley uh, sent me an article here uh, out of the L.A. Times. And it was regarding a tournament that was held in Ocean City, Maryland. And what happened, this was a fishing tournament for blue marlin, and it was advertised, I'm sorry, white marlin, and it was advertised as the richest tournament on the West Coast for uh, uh, fishing for white marlin. There was a fellow that won it. He had a winning weight of 76.5 pounds for the winning marlin, 
And the winning prize was $2.8 million for first wow. place. Now, there's a rule in the tournament that anyone that wins over $500,000 has to be subjected to a lie detector test. This fellow was subjected to a lie detector test not once, but twice, and he failed the test. So right now, the federal judge in Baltimore is being asked to determine the outcome of this event, what to do with the $2.8 million, the fellow that won it. He's uh, uh, protesting the fact that, hey, I, I, you know, everything's right. I don't know why I uh, failed the lie detector test. The tournament officials are going, hey, we've got rules. Part of the rule is that you take a lie detector test if you went over a certain amount of money. So what they're trying to do is to figure out, hey, are we going to have to give this fellow the money because, you know, he failed the test, though? Or are we going to take the money and we're going to distribute it to the other prize winners in the contest? Wendy, you've been in a number of contests. So have I. A lot of the contests now, they require that you take a lie detector test uh, what do you think about taking the test, and what do you think about if you fail, even though you don't think you've broken the rule? I, I think that those are the rules. You knew those were the rules, and you signed the contract stating that you were going to abide by the tournament rules, and so they should stand. If you don't pass or if you don't show up for your lie detector test, you don't win. You know, that's pretty simple. The rule's the rule. And as uh, uh, Pat McDonald just told us, he had to uh, disqualify a, a, a team for a rule violation in this tuna jackpot. Everyone comes there to have a great time. Man, it's one of the hardest things, and I can tell you, as a tournament director, to take and disqualify somebody because usually it's someone you know. It's right. someone you fish oh, yeah. with. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, being I have some experience with people um, regarding – um, lying and, um, you know, doing something against the law. And you would think this person was the nicest person and great, fun-loving, generous. But you know what? You never know. And well, if they didn't pass and if those were the rules, I'm sorry. I think that the next person who, w- who came in second place then qualifies and will be the, would be the first-place winner. Well, that sounds good. Well, Wendy... That's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for being with us and giving up some of your Sunday night to be here. It was kind of fun, wasn't it? It was fun, and I can't wait till next time. Hey, uh, we will be live next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio starting at 5.05 p.m. on AM 540. So we'd like to thank Jorge, our in-studio producer, Ben Harvey, who also helps us out with doing a lot of our remote stuff, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen, Thank you so much for being with us. Hey, so on behalf of all of us, there's still bluefin tuna out there. Go out there and get them. They're getting away. The bass fishing is great in Southern California here. Whatever you do, enjoy the holiday. We'll be back next Sunday night. Go out there and get them. They're getting away. We're out for tonight. How you know? But there's a sign.